didn't really view it as like a leadership role. I was growing my team and they were all working with me doing the same thing. And then at some point I realized this isn't how it works. You are the leader of this. You are supposed to be leading it. You're not supposed to be doing it and then telling them how to do it and then doing it for them. You have to accept that leadership role, which means stepping back from the doing um, and making sure that things are running. And this is just the next step in the business. And so to be able to kind of parachute um, UK-based tutors into the living room of someone living in India or China um, for half the cost um, or at an hourly cost without having to worry about flights and visas, etc., is incredible. Uh, And unlike schools where obviously you, you might go to three or four, as a hopefully tutoring agency, you can see them right the way through their education um, so I guess kind of the mantra for us is kind of cradle to career but essentially that just means that we can take them along or support them hopefully along their journey well I was always told everyone could be nice for 15 minutes so you need to spend a little bit longer than that <laughs> well, we're about 15 minutes into this conversation yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. I'm your host, Ludo Miller, and I'll be interviewing tutors and thought leaders from across the tutoring landscape to inspire, inform, and motivate you to become the best tutor you can be. The Qualified Tutor community is a safe and supportive space for tutors who love to learn and grow. We offer training, resources, ideas, and a chance to connect with like-minded tutors. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes. Welcome to this, the second Mid-Love Tutoring Festival Qualified Tutor Podcast episode. God, that's, that's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, tonight, we will be welcoming on uh, Harry Cobb, Helen Kenworthy, and Georgina Green uh, onto this podcast, which we have titled Running an Agency. Um, and I think it's important that we set out nice and early that this, this, this conversation is going to be about running an agency. There are obviously uh, so much we could talk about, about establishing an agency or, or why a private tutor could go into setting up an agency but tonight we want to focus on that real role of being an agency or tutoring organization um leader so um really what we, we've had another uh, incredible day of the festival what a, what a lovely way to bring bring today to an end um just as a, a brief introductions of, of each of our speakers so you have a bit of context as to where the perspectives of, of tonight are going to be coming from um helen kenworthy is, is the founder of the complete works um and an innovative tuition agency that, that works to, to tailor its teaching to, to the child's needs, uh, particularly in, in the area of special educational needs and disabilities and in the framework of, of learning through kind of creative expression. Um, Harry, Harry Cobb is the head of, of tuition at Bonus McFarlane, um, uh, an agency really that is a pioneer of, of, of agency tutoring in this country, having been established uh, nearing 20 years ago. Um, Harry himself has been there for 
for bonuses, kind of international expansion, uh, and currently helps run the, the Independent School Show, which is the, the largest such show in the UK. Um, and our, our final guest this evening is, is Georgina Green, who is the founder of, of Green Tutors, um, a wonderful tuition agency based out of out of uh, Herefordshire, um, which serves its students with with passion, with energy and with dedication, really embodying all of the wonderful areas that make a, a tuition agency so kind of so impressive and, and, and such a one that has such an impact on, on children's lives. So we're going to learn more about our speakers this evening. That's just a brief introduction. But welcome, the three of you. Um, we're going to dive right into our first question of the evening, um, which is, what is your why? as a tutoring business leader. Georgina, we're going to start with you with, on this one. What is your why? Um, so there's the, the fairly obvious idea that um, it's a bit of financial freedom, isn't it? To be able to deliver um, the, all the things that I want to do, to be able to explore and learn and, and try new things out with my business, developing a bit more and handing more of the tuition over to somebody else lets me do those things and have still have the financial freedom that I need in my business it also initially was because I didn't want to keep saying no to people when they said can you help me with xyz that I couldn't um now I can find someone that can help them um and also I wanted to my my reasons for wanting to tutor whether I had a real passion for my subjects and I've seen how it's applied in my scientific career so I just wanted to find a whole other group of people with different scientific and engineering careers to share that and make science and maths a bit more interesting for school-age students. Um, and I think you've probably done that. So <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Georgina. Um, Helen, can we move on to you next? Absolutely. Um, for me, um, it was because of my experiences as a tutor. Um, everything seemed to be too compartmentalized. So I wanted to create something that really made a, a wraparound service, whatever the individual needs, um, not just educational needs, but the sort of the, the general wraparound that a student needed. And there didn't seem to be one place that could really get to know the, um, the students, whatever age they were, um, and say, okay, these are all the elements and we can make sure that all of those bits, bits are, are together in one place so that, so that the families that we work with um, don't have to try and remember a, a million different phone numbers and et cetera. They, they know that they can come to one place and have a friendly voice at the end of the, of the, the, the phone at the same time. Um, and the, the other bit was... Um, I'd worked in lots of different alternative provision environments um, and every single one of them seemed to be going down a trying to be mainstream route. And you, th there were lots of students who were coming to these APs because of how flexible and student-centred and supportive and nurturing they were and then suddenly they would go all mainstream and the students would be stressed and not turning up and you're thinking listen to them for heaven's sake listen to what they actually need they're they're blossoming when you when when you do that wraparound so I thought no no, no. if if I want to work in that environment I by the looks of it I need to create one so that's that's where the complete works came in 
<laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Helen. Um, Harry, can we, can we turn to you? Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, when I started as a tutor, you, you see the transformational change you have with working with a student one-to-one uh, and developing that confidence, which is obviously hugely impactful and, and very rewarding. Uh, and then having done a degree in business, I was always interested in, you know, growing and developing a, a company um, to obviously hopefully change lives and, as I said, develop kind of lifelong learners. So that's kind of why I got into it and where I am now. Yeah, you said you said two key phrases in what we do there, Harry, which is transformational tutoring and, and, and lifelong learners. And, and certainly those are two things that, that Helen and, and Georgina embody um, and, and certainly values that we hold very important at, at QT. So um, thank you kind of very much for, for, for pointing those out. Now, um, Helen, I'm going to go back to you for this one. Um, and really, I'd, I'd like to know, as, as, a, as, a, as a tutoring business leader, how there's a, there's a central problem to, to what we do compared to, to other issues that, that, that we have to kind of work with uh, every day as, as a tutoring business that works with both um, uh, tutors and with clients, parents and, and students. How do we overcome this dual problem of, of finding new clients and at the same time attracting new tutors or, or, or educators? Um, well, for, for us, it's for us it's about it's about the development of the reputation um because the 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 more your niche is known the more the more what your strength is known the more people will naturally gravitate to you because they know that that's the particular thing that's going to make their life easier so we've we've focused um quite heavily on um say on 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 putting out the reputation on developing the relationships with the families that we were already working with um and getting getting those responses and getting those reviews and getting those um those getting those personal connections um out because people buy from people people want to be involved with people so the more families could be those people it meant that the new families trusted us more um so that that's that's how we started to spread our to spread our net does that answer yeah absolutely harry do you have some some thoughts on that on 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 this kind of this dual problem and then this kind of spreading the net as as helen was was mentioning just well i I think helen summarizes it pretty well it's essentially about client care and obviously we're in the service-led business Uh, and if you can dig deeper and nurture those relationships and really understand what parents want uh, and therefore what their children essentially need and getting to know them. And then ultimately you're going to create a level of trust um, and knowledge in order to support them right the way through uh, their education. Uh, and unlike schools where obviously you might go to three or four as a hopefully a tutoring agency, you can see them right the way through their education. Um, so I guess kind of a mantra for us is, kind of cradled to career but essentially that just means that we can take them along or support them hopefully along their journey um so that that's really where you, you build your client uh, base from um and then from a from a tutor perspective uh, i guess what once you've got a good strong team of tutors um it's really through word of mouth referrals and their enjoyment with working with us as an agency respecting them giving them the, the training and the, 
the care that they need um, and, and that's essentially how we're, we're lucky to access arguably some of the best tutors in the country. Yeah, so so just picking on a point you were making just, just a touch earlier, what, how do we... How do we really work out what parents want from the tutoring? Um, they, they might come to your agency and say, oh, my child needs help, you know, and, and try and shove the child onto you and say, you help with their education. But how do, how do you as, as the, you know, the, the board of the leaders of the agency, how do you really work out what parents want from, from your services, Harry? Well, well, often they come with an objective, which is to, to pass the 11 plus or to gain access into a competitive school or obviously to kind of gain access to Oxbridge or top Russell Group University. Um, and for us, if it's appropriate, we will assess the students. So we do work with educational psychologists. And for us, it's understanding not only their cognitive profile, but also their personality. Uh, and then it's my skill um, and experience hopefully to essentially select the right tutor who is ultimately a, a mentor as well to give them the confidence and the guidance to achieve that goal. Now, if that isn't realistic or the expectations um, are not um, realistic from a client perspective, then uh, again, that's obviously where we would guide the family and the tutor uh, in order to ensure that the student um, develops in the way that we expect yeah um so georgine this 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 can be a tricky area can't it matching student with tutor as as harry has mentioned especially as your business grows which is something we're going to get onto in just a second as your tutoring business grows that job gets much harder because you have to keep knowing your tutors and your students and your parents just as well as you did when you only had two of them you know two of each so Georgina, how how do we how do we manage this area? This area of continuously matching the right student with the right tutor. Um, I think a lot of this is where I mean, all of these points so far are quite related. Once you've established what your why is, and you're looking into um, growing your tutor team and finding new clients for those, all of that is done really with marketing and putting out a picture like what your values are, what you're aiming to deliver to your customers. And that's going to, everyone's going to do that slightly differently. So the people that are going to contact me are people that like that message. So they're all going to have the same sort of values. And they're going to, like, if I've got a particular focus on supporting anxious students or people who are potentially interested in STEM careers, then they're going to contact me because they've got an anxious child that's interested in a STEM career. So for a large part of it, it is because they like my message. But beyond that, I'll have a conversation with parents when I first speak to them about their child and ask what's their experiences so far? What would they like to do when they leave school? What things are they finding challenging at the moment? What ways do you find to support them? And you get a really good picture of that child that 90% of the child of the time just needs a bit more of a confidence boost but there'll be some specific things that they need for a a particular career that they're interested in or a particular challenge that they're facing so if it's because they're a really disruptive child and their parent struggles to get them to do any work outside of school then they need to be matched with a tutor that's going to be disciplined with them and, and not take any messing around in the lessons if they need a confidence boost they need to be matched with a tutor that's quite soft and not particularly intimidating so a large part of it is just a lot of the tutors that, that I match 
and higher are quite similar to me anyway <laughs> but a part of it is that you just have that element of understanding the child and specifically what they need yeah and that's that's really through a process that we touched on actually in the, in the previous event um with uh, some uh kind of highly experienced uh, entrepreneurs about um making sure that you don't dive in with a new client business partner whatever uh too soon and, and making sure that you understand um who they are and what their values are before diving in with them and that's that's just you know that couldn't really be more important with the tutor student relationship because the worst thing that we could do is match a student who's already struggling with a tutor who's not matched with them which then further you know um, worsens their experience of, of learning um so absolutely a very, very kind of key uh, part of 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 what uh, agency leaders do um but helen i wonder if you if you had some insights here on on Georgina touched on a point there about you know sometimes um, when you when a parent approaches you with it with something that they believe is that they, their child needs help with sometimes the the objectives of the of the parent and the actual the true objectives of the student might not be be too aligned. Do, do you have conversations kind of with the student as well uh, outside of of the conversation with the parent to get to know the student, given that's the one that you're going to be working with kind of more closely. We we tend to um, we we tend to have a have a multi-step process. I mean, it, fundamentally, Harry, Georgina, and I are all saying exactly the same thing. It's about it's about really understanding the needs of the family. It's about understanding the needs of the student. Um, it's under, about understanding what the student thinks their difficulties are in comparison with what they actually end up being. Um, so we. Um, at the very beginning, I, it's, it's, it's always me at the moment from the, from the, the very beginning that I have a, a huge discussion with the, with the, with the parent, with the carer, whoever, um, about what, what that young person is like, what the student is like, what their needs are. Um, I gather as much information to get, gather as possible, as Georgina's just said, um, but also sort of looking into the psychology of it as well in terms of, in terms of, in terms of what are what other elements might there be that are also impacting on on what their needs are most of the time Georgina is absolutely right most of the time it does come down to confidence um <laughs> more often than not they simply don't believe that they can do what they actually can do I mean um Julia um talks about the quote uh, often um uh if, if you think you can't or if you think you can you're probably right and it's it's about it's about um the positivity looking at it positively looking at the how looking at the yes looking at the what what the what the right route is for that student and our steps are the first discussion the first in-depth discussion um then a conversation with the with with the student as i say to find out where they think their strengths and weaknesses are so we can then we can then work out where the, those strengths and weaknesses actually are um, and then we will we will do a, a test session with them where we're beginning to get to know them but also we're beginning to get to know how they naturally approach 
their work. Um, and then once we once we know at that stage that the relationship is working, because you can you can believe that the chemistry is going to be there, but if it isn't there, then it's not going to move forward. So so once you've done once we've done that first that first that first trial session and we know that the chemistry is there and that there's a beginning of relaxing into what they do need then you can start you can start cranking up in to what the learning program is going to be yeah getting into into the real kind of the real content delivery of of, of helping that child really furthering their progress kind of rapidly which is what we're aiming to do now um harry i when we spoke um about this conversation you know prior to the festival and um, one thing that we, we 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 discussed was how the ability to get to know your tutor, which is, you know, the lifeblood of your agency are, are your tutors, how the ability to get to know your tutor uh, in this day and age and in, in the kind of lockdown age uh, has become more difficult because in-person meetings um, have largely been removed and therefore understanding the personality of, of your tutor uh, has got trickier. So I wonder if, if you could tell us a little bit more about how um, given the ease with which you can hire a new tutor today, how do we continue to provide value for, for our clients? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was always told everyone could be nice for 15 minutes. So you need to spend a little bit longer than that. <laughs> well, we're about 15 minutes into this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, to my benefit, I've been tutoring, oh, sorry, I've been interviewing tutors for the last seven years. So I, I'm probably not far off meeting at least 500, if not 1,000 tutors. So when we went into the pandemic, to be able to interview tutors online obviously gives me quite a lot of experience and years behind me to know um, kind of how, how they operate. Um, and so, yeah, there, there are losses, obviously, of not being able to meet people in person, um, whether they can turn up to the office on time, how well presented they look in, um, in person physically. Um, but obviously, it, it is trying to spend an hour, two hours with them uh, to discuss what they're about, what their ambitions are, why they're getting into tutoring, what are their motivations, how long they want to be within the game. Are they just doing it as a side hustle while they um, look to write a play or be an actor? Um, or are they deeply, intrinsically motivated about wanting to work in education, but they feel that being part of a school has too much bureaucracy and they enjoy the one-to-one -one element of it. Uh, then obviously you've got the kind of lesson plan element to it. So each tutor needs to deliver a tutorial of which we will kind of critically uh, talk about and discuss. Um, and it's just over that period of time, you're, you're getting to understand them as people. You're also obviously portraying your values, what our company is about, uh, talking about the expectations of the clients that we work with. Um, Bonus McFarland is kind of sets itself, I guess, in the kind of high net worth individual world where students are already independently educated, but they want, you know, that extra support in order to, to access uh, the best institutions. So it's important that tutors understand um, our philosophy. Um, and that's essentially how, how we go about it. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going to um, feedback a question to you, Harry, but th this question I'd like to pose to, to the three of you, but I'm going to start with Harry. Um, off the back of what you've just said, have you then found that uh, people's motivations for getting into tutoring have changed in the past year? You, you mentioned there you, you analyse why a tutor wants to get into tutoring before you take them on. Have you seen changes in the reasons why people have wanted to get into tutoring in the past year? 
Well, absolutely, yeah, because you know the creative industries, as an example, have been dead and buried for eighteen months. So, um, a lot of the tutors that work with us ten years have kind of flocked back um, and want to obviously um, work with us in order to fund their way through the last uh, eighteen months. Um, some of those have been absolutely com- completely inspirational teachers, and we've been very sad to lose them. So, in that respect, we've been fortunate that they've uh, been able to offer their services. Okay, brilliant. And Georgina, can I pass this over to you? Have you found that the reasons why people have approached screen tutors to become tutors has, has changed or have you noticed a, a, a difference? Um, just recently, yes, I would get a lot of applications previously from like people who were um, maybe completing a PhD and um, had an interest in education and wanted to have some experience of that through tutoring. Just recently, I had I had a hundred applications in the last year and uh, most of them were people who were already tutors but just wanted an extra avenue to find clients because there was a massive rise in online tutoring over the last year for some reason um so it was very difficult for independent tutors to find clients much easier through an agency <laughs> Okay, so so as as the scope of work scaled back, people resorted a little bit more to to agencies. Do you think? Yeah. Uh, as a as a as a place to find work. Yeah. No, I think that's certainly a trend that will have been seen across industries, not not just in not just in in the tutoring sphere. Um, uh, Helen, can I call on you to to uh, give insights into kind of Barbara's question that she just asked there? Um, do you think that given that so you know many tutors work across agencies um do we do you think that there is kind of is there other value other than the pay that can motivate a tutor to work for a particular agency and, and please draw on your experiences as you know with the complete works i think it actually links back very much to what georgina was saying a moment ago about um about the reputation and the methodology um, of of the agency of the organisation, um, I mean we we're very much um, we're very much SEN and vulnerable students. Um, so those those are the families that gravitate to us, and because because it's it's very much a um, a mentor and coach and counsellor and supporter. Um, a lot of the a lot of the tutors who um, well actually a lot of tutors who uh, who come to us actually are recommended so it's word of mouth from, the, from other tutors um, but they uh, lots of people want to come because they because they want to be within working within that environment with the um, with, with with the students so um, so. Uh, it's, it's sort of it's sort of the focus on ongoing learning, but more watching and helping the learner to develop and to, to build that confidence and for the light to go back on in their eyes. A lot of our students um, have been out of education because they haven't been happy in education. So a lot of uh, say a lot of tutors have chosen to come because they want they're choosing to be in that in that in that environment, and it's fairly difficult to really get um, 
to get that message across in your personal profile when you're registered with, let's say, Tutor Hunt or First Tutors or any of the other sort of myriad of effectively tutor dating agencies where you're trying to describe how you work and 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 um, how you connect with your with your um, with your your students, but it's very difficult to paint that three dimensional vibrant picture when all you've got is um is some words in front of you so if you if you go to it if you go to an organization to an agency that's known for that then you know you're going to be jumping right in into exactly the field that you want to be want to be involved with yeah absolutely and that's really kind of the one of the safety nets of working for an agency isn't it um is, is, is understanding the kind of the values that that agency has and, and the, the support network it has and going alone as a private tutor, um, you know, you're kind of forging that yourself, aren't you? So yeah. you're, you're almost writing the rules as you go along, which, which for some is the absolute, you know, that's the gold dust, that's what drives them on. And for others, that's what terrifies them. So, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a huge compliment to this industry that there are so many of both. To join the growing number of qualified tutors, enroll now for the Level 3 Qualification for Tutors. This eight-week online facilitated course covers the roles and responsibilities involved in teaching and learning, with a particular focus on inclusion, assessment and feedback. Upon completion, you'll be awarded a Level 3 in Education and Training from Ofqual recognised training provider Highfield Qualifications. You will also gain a Qualified Tutor Quality Mark, the independent Quality Mark for Tutors. Whatever your starting point, a qualification for tutors has to be the next step. Enroll today at qualifiedtutor.org forward slash training. Now, that was, you know, what we've just been saying there is, is a little bit about what the, the purposes of, of a tutoring agency can serve. And now I'd like to turn a little bit towards your roles in your companies and how those have changed, how those have solidified in certain areas, and, and then your thoughts on, on, on kind of how uh, those roles will look um, as your company grows. So I'd like to start with, what, what have you found? Uh, Harry, I'm going to start with you here, if that's okay. What, what, what are some of the bigger, biggest obstacles that you've found in transitioning from a, from a smaller team to a larger business with, with many with many tutors. When you first joined Bonus McFarlane, there were clearly, you know, far fewer tutors. So what have you seen as some of the lessons you've learned along the way in moving from a smaller team to a bigger team of, of tutors? Um, well, I guess, obviously, the bigger team you, you have, uh, the arguably the kind of less control you might have over your team. So it's just making sure that you're um, delivering a message um, to all of the tutors and the standard that you keep uh, as is as strong as when you had two clients to when you have 200 clients. Um, so ultimately, that's a, a challenge when you grow from 60 tutors to 600. Um, and I guess we've been fortunate in that technology has improved significantly over time. So the fact that you can have webinars, uh, you can communicate with tutors much more easily through WhatsApp, um, or they, you know, through smartphones, they can ultimately um, turn up to people's houses on time rather than relying on the A to Z. <laughs> um, 
has has definitely helped in that respect. And and have you found that that uh, a bit of a plug here? But have you found that a software such as kind of Tutor Cruncher has been able to help with that transition? Sponsored by Tutor Cruncher, yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Tutor Cruncher, um, hopefully they'll listen to us at some point. Has definitely been revolutionary for our business, uh, just in the sense of clearly being able to communicate with tutors for tutors who uh, understand the system. You know, many agencies use the platform, so it's very intuitive. Um, it's fantastic, obviously, for invoicing, and it just allows myself to spend more time ultimately speaking to families uh, and having to worry less uh, about the administrative side about it. Yeah, exactly. Doing those things that, A, we love doing, and B, that we as humans are best at, which is not you know, going through 600 tutors reports at the end of each month and 600 clients billing invoices. It's, it's getting, it's developing relationships. It's a, another um, topic that we were discussing in the, in the event prior to this about how, although AI and tech will come and, and sweep education off its feet, humans will never be lost in that and, and will in fact only be reinforced in their, in their roles. Um, Georgina, can I, can I turn that question that I originally asked towards you about some of the biggest obstacles you found in, in, in growing your team? Yeah, um, so, I mean, mine's a lot smaller. It's a long way from 600 tutors, so I still get um, a lot of the benefits with the, the small company, but I have um, built it with lots of one-on-one -on -one time with those tutors and getting to know them and learning about things that they're passionate about and um having social events and sending gifts and having one-on-one -on -one training and things like that with them but it gets as it as the bigger it gets the harder it is to do things like that and I spend less time with them individually and um they kind of I feel like I leave them to to themselves a bit too much which is why actually I was quite grateful to be able to direct them all through qualified tutor training because I feel like they've had that time they, they missed with me um it, you kind of have to have a point where you just let go and accept the fact that they are fine by themselves and that they have the opportunity to ask for help when they want it <laughs> because that is why they were hired because I feel like they can do the job <laughs> they don't need to be having lots of hand-holding um, but it's hard because it was started as just me tutoring one-to-one -one everybody that was a customer and um, the business literally has my name in it and I'm handing it over to somebody else so there is an element of just letting go and accepting that it's going to be okay. <laughs> go, go into that more Georgina how, how, what, what, how do you manage to how did you get through that that's clearly something that was that was difficult. Yeah it was hard and I, I mean I ended up having to um didn't really view it as like a leadership role I was growing my team and they were all working with me doing the same thing and then at some point I realized this isn't how it works you are the leader of this you are supposed to be leading it you're not supposed to be doing it and then telling them how to do it and then doing it for them you have to accept that leadership role which means stepping back from the doing um and making sure that things are running and this is just the next step in the business and you know it's just going to be a bit different <laughs> it's hard it's hard to let go but if I'm micromanaging and and trying to get involved in everything that's happening I'm not I'm not allowing them to do it properly and I feel like they won't actually give as much to things as if they just left to do it their own way and if you micromanage at every stage a student in a tutoring session 
then they'll never take those next steps themselves, will they? Step <laughs> of the way, you are telling them how to do it and what to do, and 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 you know, getting your fingers in all of those pies. Then 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 you're not going to allow those people to flourish. Um, so that's that's modelling effective practice in what you're doing, Georgina. Absolutely. Um, now, Linda has just asked a, a, a very a, a really pertinent question, actually, that I'm going to pose to to Helen first. Um, We've we've all been tutoring online, um, and and for many that's that's there to stay because it works so much better. Um, and some of us, including Lucy, who's in the audience tonight, have been tutoring online much before the pandemic hit. But Linda's asking, do do you see um, online tuition still serving kind of a big part of 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 your company, even though we could move back to face to face? Do you find that? The online, the lessons we've learned from online tutoring will still continue to play a big part. Absolutely, definitely, yes. Um, the, um, the, I mean, despite despite all the negatives of the last year and a half and how terrible the lockdowns have been and all the rest of it, actually, there have been some wonderful positives, um, which includes the technology that's come online, the the tools that have suddenly become available, the the um, the training and the tools so that you can see how things marry up and how creative you can be and how encouraging you can be, and students who haven't been able to leave their own bedrooms for ages actually can engage and be encouraged through that through a screen in their own room so there are there are there are so many positives from um from online plus we've we're, as, as lucy says all the time we've got a global reach now so definitely um we will carry on using all the online resources all the online provision um for the foreseeable um and where where face to face and one to one and whatever it is is the right way forward for the group or for the or for the um for whoever the learners are then fine that's what we will come what we'll come back to but but there there are just such massive positives to um to to the online it would be insane to throw it out out the window no well we we don't plan on doing that so, <laughs> so rest assured Harry do your experiences match up with 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 that absolutely I'd I'd echo exactly what Helen said I think in addition to that you know sometimes in the UK families were very reluctant to have online tutors come into the home particularly in London because obviously you can access um, great quality of of teachers um, into your home but actually you know having someone in your house every week can become quite invasive uh, and to have the ability to have someone come in online makes life a lot easier particularly if they're slightly older students and they need some corrections looking over or they've just had an essay back uh, and they want it scanned over um, before they go into class the next day. Uh, it's got huge benefits. Uh, and on top of that, we work with a huge international community, many of whom who are trying to access top academic um, institutions within the UK. Um, and while we still send lots of tutors overseas and abroad, uh, there's a huge cost implication to that. Um, and so to be able to kind of parachute um, UK-based tutors into the living room of someone living in India or China um, for half the cost um, or an, at an hourly cost without having to worry about flights and visas, et cetera, um, is incredible. And uh, and really, one would imagine will be the norm for, for, for 
kind of many years to come, or at least the norm for certain tutors, if not you know, across the board. Um, yeah, and sorry, just to, just to add to that, you know, for, for tutors themselves, they used to be obviously kind of a sweet spot between four or half three and seven when school was finished. And now you're opened up to a whole global society uh, and tutors ultimately can start at kind of seven, eight o'clock in the morning, work with families in Hong Kong, move through to China, go through to India, go through to Russia, go through to Turkey. They might want to meet someone face-to-face in the UK. Uh, and then if they've got clients in America, you know, their, their day is quadrupled in, in terms of uh, hours of work. Are you, are you advocating for tutors to work from 7 a.m. <laughs> every single day? You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It was something that I I learned myself as a tutor when the pandemic first hit was was how um, accessible those other tutoring markets were. Um, not that I'd ever considered kind of flying over beforehand. But um, no, thank you. Thank you very much for that, Harry, and, and for bringing out that point, which you know, we people may have heard around about, but, but you know, if, if that's the first time that you've really considered that angle, then that's, that's a, a very kind of eye-opening moment to reach. Um, now we're just, we're coming to the end um, really of, of this conversation as, as with, uh, yesterday evening's late night live, um, it is approaching 9, 20 to 10 PM in the, in the evening. Um, so for those of you who are joining from um, the US, then uh, it's probably you're just getting into your day. Uh, you might just be just after lunch. But um, for I'd like to draw this conversation really to a close by asking the three of you in turn, um, just to briefly summarize, what are the next steps for your businesses? We've talked a little bit about, well, sorry, you've talked about your experiences drawing on your roles in your business. But I think it would be very useful um, uh, step to take here to learn really what the next steps are for your businesses and what we can take as, as tutoring businesses, tutoring business owners and, and tutors ourselves. So Helen, I'm going to start with you. What, what's, what's coming up next for the Complete Works? Okay, so for us, um, we, th- th- thinking about what we were just saying about online and tools, etc. Um, and we are very aware of the fact that lots of our students um, have insomnia etc where there's they want somebody at three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning um so our next step is to create we're in the process of creating a whole range of resources um that are available online whenever they need it um with a with a with a with a personal kick to it so so they feel that they got us there and they can ask us whatever they need but it's there whenever they need it Wonderful. Cannot wait to see the development of that. I think that sounds like a really personalised touch using, you know, enhancing this digitalization that we have. Georgina? Um, so I'm basically practising further what I was saying earlier, that I need to take hands off and what I was saying yesterday, that I need to take holidays. So I'm looking at um, putting in more automation so that essentially I'm needed less ultimate goal, goal being I'm not needed at all, but I think I would still love to be able to meet students <laughs> as much as possible. Um, that way I can I can focus on adding extra because I want to add now that people are actually using their computers for tuition and um, comfortable with that, just add more online resources and things that people can dip into when they need to and that all of the tutors can use when they need to. Absolutely. So really kind of enhancing green tutors, your role in green tutors by 
by not being involved in the kind of operational level, um, which is so important for uh, an entrepreneur to think about. Um, Julia taught me that one. So, um, Harry, you have the pleasure of, of the final words here. What, what, what are the next steps for, for, for Bonus McFarlane? Um, I, I think for us, for a long time, the most competitive schools have really been focusing too much on academic um, assessment. Uh, and fortunately, it is shifting a little bit more to actually understanding the pupil uh, and as a consequence, investing more times in, in the interview and doing kind of day assessments to see how they interact with their peer groups. So we're, we're kind of taking that onus uh, and we're setting up summer camps to develop students' confidence and looking more into developing lifelong passions and skills, uh, investing more in kind of their well-being and their mental health uh, alongside, obviously, the, the academic support that they need. Um, but you know, running them as parallel, so gearing up tutors to focus as much on the, the mentoring as the kind of academic support uh, that families often come to us at the beginning for. What a what a what a wonderful next step then in, in for bonuses is turning those academic tutors into kind of all round educational kind of uh, mentors. Um, I think that's a, a really important step. Um, thank you. The three of you uh, for for you know giving your time to share your experiences there. Um, I think that's been an incredibly helpful conversation for me, and I hope for the quite extraordinary twenty four uh, attendees that we have uh, on this on this event for the, for our podcast listeners in the weeks and months and years to come. You won't know that there was actually a great audience here with us, or you won't at least have been able to see them. But but we have been lucky enough to. Um, and, and I think that's a real testament to both what you, you three have been saying and, and of the excess of, of, um, of this, the, the festival in, in the two days so far. So, so thank you to Georgina. Thank you to Helen. Thank you to Harry. Um, thank you to, to Dan Wardle, to Helen, who've been working on tech to, this evening, to, to Lucy, to Natalia, to Elizabeth. Uh, to Miguel, to, to Ellen, to Danielle, to Linda for your questions, to Ruthie as well, uh, and to those of us who have joined. Um, tomorrow is our big teaching and learning day. Uh, you can find out more about Georgina, Helen and Harry in the link that I have just put into the chat. Um, and for those of our podcast listeners, this was Tuesday at the Love Tutoring Festival. This was the business of tutoring uh, and we have three days to go. So thank you all very much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes below. We exist to connect, share and learn with you because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference.